The Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. Here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, I'm still uh, still recovering from Easter. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, Easter was busy. It was. Yeah, Easter so the, the best... always busy. The best part of all... Um, <laughs> so David and I, we were trying desperately to find a time uh, to record a couple of episodes... Uh, because David was going on vacation to Ohio yes. r- right after Easter was over. Back to the Midwest. Back to the Midwest where he was, uh, where he grew up. Were you born in the Midwest? No. So you weren't born and raised? I was actually born in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, my you... dad was uh, working at a church in California. And then we, uh, well, he ended, we ended up moving up here to Woodland for like a year. Up in Woodland, Washington. Then no we moved to Ohio for the rest of my life. So Wow. Was, so you were actually here in this part of the country for just a, just a short yep. season. We were here when Mount St. Helens erupted. Little did you know that one day you'd be back. Yeah. You'd be back here. Here I am. Living. Living, living large. And loving life. Living La Vida Mayhor. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, Sorry. isn't it cool though that you are here? Because you yeah. and me get to hang out together, it is, yeah. which is a lot of fun. It is. Anyway, all that to say, um, so we were trying to find a time to record a couple episodes. David was going on vacation, and uh, we were texting each other back and forth. David had a Thursday, uh, a Thursday service he was doing. Um, I was doing a Good Friday service in my church. You know, I had practices all day on Saturday. Uh, Easter week. Yeah, it's like Easter week. Is there any busier week for worship pastors across the country or the world for that Only matter? Only one, I think. Christmas? Yep. Maybe. I don't know. I, I almost feel like I almost feel like this year I put more work into um Oh, well, no, never mind. I shouldn't say that cuz we had that choir thing. I think it depends on what you do at Christmas. It's true. Like yeah. if you do a Christmas Eve service, and yep. you do a big Christmas program yep. and all the other stuff, then, yep. yeah, it's a little busier because you have your other normal Christmas family stuff that you're trying to fit in at the same time. I guess that's a good point because yeah. with Christmas, you have your personal stuff. You know, you're uh, like we have to make sure to, you know, spend time with Melanie's family. We have to make sure to spend time with my family. And then you're trying to sandwich that into an incredibly busy program. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But anyway, it's over. Easter's over. We're in the we're in the lull now. Yeah, yeah. So David and I were talking prior to uh, uh, recording how uh, the months from like December or really November. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it starts with November mm-hmm. all the way up through April. I mean, that that's kind of a, a pretty 
a pretty slammed time for churches. Well, you can even worship. go back to like September. Sure. Because like, you know, September, everything starts up and like fall you know, like season, you're getting school. everything rolling for the whole month of September. And then you have October where you got to keep everything going. And then before you know it, it's Halloween and then it's Thanksgiving and right, then it's Christmas right. and Advent and all those other things. So Yeah, it is true. But then after Easter is over, it's like, man, there's like a couple months where I just kind of like, oh. Yeah, from like from like after Easter until like the end of August, it's like you can kind of relax. Yeah, which I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have uh, that kind of relaxing time. And Mm -hmm. I think I think for worship pastors and and people who do worship ministry, you know, those of you who are listening, uh, I think you guys know exactly what what we're talking about. That that feeling of like, oh man, Easter's over. Okay, I got a few months I can breathe. Um, Tip the scales of the balance back toward your family a little there bit. There you go. Spend spend some time with the kids. Maybe mm-hmm. take you know take some some time off. Uh, you know, I, I was telling you, David, how Mel and I were gonna try to try to plan a little trip to to Bend, Oregon, have have some time of relaxing. But it, it, I think the hard thing for me is coming off of Christmas. You know, you put all this work into Christmas, right? And you're just you're just slammed. Mm-hmm. It's over. You're exhausted, and no sooner has Christmas ended than like already you're starting to think about Easter because mm-hmm. Easter's in just like three months, you know. Right. Um, so that that's where it gets tricky. So that's why I think when Easter's over, there's this sense of, oh man, finally, mm-hmm. and not bad. I mean, man, I, I don't want to come across. <laughs> I don't want to come across <laughs> as as saying like I hate I hate Easter or I hate church ministry because yeah. I I love I love right. what I do. I love doing music, but there is that feeling of, oh man, it's relief. over. Yeah, relief, right? Yeah, you know, what I'm in talking a good about. way. It's a good relief. Yeah, but hey, a, a couple of good things for uh, worship ministry catalyst that have that have happened. Yeah, since we've been gone, one, uh, I don't remember what it was, but we're we're listed like as the number two worship website on some list of, wor- of worship yeah. ministry blogs or something like that. That's what I'm know. talking yeah, about. Yeah, so. Bring it on. Yeah, number two there. And um, we're also featured on the NAM blog, something or other, at the NAM show north of, yeah, NAM. NAM? NAM? Like the NAB. No, NAB. NAP. The NAB show, the North American Broadcasters. Oh, NAB. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're we're on their blog. We're listed on the, on their blog, and they were going to put us on something at the at the actual NAB show. Which, by the way, I can't, I don't remember, I mean, it was happening like right at Easter time, so, mm. but the the NAB show, it may have already happened, but if it hasn't, you can get in for free by uh, by going and entering a code that you can get from worshipministrycatalyst.com. Sweet. So, if, uh, if it hasn't already happened, make sure to go check that out, go for to sure. worshipministrycatalyst.com, it's on, uh, on one of the featured featured posts from not too long ago. And uh, you can get in for free. It's like 150 bucks or something like that. Nice. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. People so, listen to us, huh? Yeah. It's not just two guys. Apparently. <laughs> it's not just two guys sitting in a room talking uh, into apparently. microphones. That's great. And if uh, it is, does it even matter? No, because, you know Because what? we have a good time. We... Y- Maybe too good of a time. Maybe possibly. Maybe that's our problem, David. Maybe that's why no one listens. Because oh. <laughs> we have a good time. No, wait. People listen. I'm, you know, I'm it, confused. It's, it's funny. I I think I think your wife uh, and and my wife have have both shared the same things to each mm-hmm. other. Um, but I know from Melanie, you know, 
she uh her favorite she's like yeah i like listening to your podcast until you guys actually start talking about like real stuff <laughs> she's like those, those first 10 or 15 minutes that's that's when it's actually good after that i just turn it off yeah I'm like hey thanks honey yeah um yeah thanks for turning off the part that we actually are are doing <laughs> but well but you know at least you know they're not worship people so yeah so it's understandable those, those non-worship wives of ours right. gosh I wish they just wish they just had more of a worship for heart. They just don't worship. You can go ahead and say that about your wife Whoops. if you want. I take it back. <laughs> Melanie, I'm sorry. I love you. Dave was like, I'm saying out that one. Yeah, you can you can just go on that monologue as it's long like, as you want. And I'll join you when you're done. <laughs> that was great. But uh so yeah. So that's a couple of cool things going on, Worship Ministry Catalyst. That's very cool. Of course the podcast is always going on. We're always even even when we're on vacation, we're still Still trying to keep it going. Yep. Had quite a few downloads this year, so. Nice. Yeah. Very Things cool. are going well. Yeah, and we're, what is this, episode 56, 57? Eight. 58? 58. Wow. I thought you said eight, like we're in episode eight. I'm like, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> we're going back in that, time. That's disappointing. We decided to start over. We want to get it right this time <laughs> we, around. Yeah, we, we want to try it. We want to do over. We're going to try again, please. Mulligan. Yeah, so, so... I know we talked about forever leading up to episode 50, how we were going to do something big, which we never did. Right. So what we got to do is we got to start talking now about doing something big for episode 100. We do. All right. When will that be? Episode 100, like a year from now? Eh, less than a year. Less than a year? Yeah. If we can, if we, you know, if we can do. Maybe, hey, if if we time it right, maybe episode 100 will be Easter Sunday and we can totally just ditch our churches on Easter Sunday <laughs> and do some live recording um, out in the park yeah. or something, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll call Mike and ask, and yeah, you can call and Bob I'll, and I'll ask. I'll talk to Bob and be yeah, like, we'll... hey, man, we just want to... Uh, <laughs> we'll both, like, call in sick or something yeah. Easter Sunday. <laughs> on, the, on the morning of. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm not feeling good. Um, <clears throat> is that a bird I hear in the background? What is that? <laughs> No, for the record, we would never do that. No, we wouldn't. Um, you know, I've I've only uh, I'm trying to think. I I've I've called in sick. No, I don't know if I ever have called in sick on a Sunday. I did once at my last church, and I yeah. was I was throwing up. So so you're like I can't. Yeah. Unless you want puke all over the keys. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna happen. So, but other than that, oh, no. there was one. Here we go. I wasn't sick. Melanie was in the ER. Um. It was like a Saturday night. She was like having a heart attack or something. We didn't know what it was. That's what we thought it was. We were real scared. And we ended up spending like four and a half hours in the ER. It sucked. Mm -hmm. I hated it. By the time we were done, it, it was like it was like six or six thirty or something. And uh um and then we were still in the discharge room and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna make it for practice. Mm -hmm. You know, we got practice in forty five minutes. Mm -hmm. So that was rough. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I just remembered another time I quote unquote called in sick. Um, our first daughter, uh, Callie, Melanie went to labor Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Um, and you know, boy, hindsight, I shouldn't say this. Melanie always gives me a hard time. <laughs> but we didn't end up having Callie until the next day, until Monday. Melanie had this super long, super mm -hmm. lame labor. And uh, I, I like to joke around and say, "See, I could have, I could have gone to church. <laughs> I would have been back in time uh, for for most of the action. I would, yeah. I would have." She's like, "Kevin, you you better not do that. <laughs> that better be a joke." 
Yes. Yes, honey, it is. Yes. Of course, I would never do something like I would that. Ne- I would never miss your labor for church. I'd never do that. My I'll, first Christmas here at this church, um, yeah. I was I was having some, I'll just say health issues. But anyway, like right after the service, I went to the bathroom and tossed, oh. tossed my cookies. Oh. And then I did it all night. And then I had to come back in and do you know, two more services oh, the next for morning Sunday? for Christmas. Because it was Christmas. It's like You're like, I can't miss this. Yeah. It's like, who... What can I do? I can't. That's tough. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Wow. Got but, you it. Know, that's what you do. Sometimes that's... you got to do things like that. Yep, yep. When you're in worship ministry. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, I visited my college back in Indiana. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went back and checked out, you know, sat in a little bit of choir practice. Did walked you really? on the campus a little bit, yeah. Relive all the memories. Yep. <laughs> And uh, I drove my family through the campus, and and my wife's only comment while we were driving through campus was, how did you fit a mattress out one of those windows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, college pranks. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back to Multnomah. I'm trying to think the wildest thing I ever did at Multnomah. Probably... I started a food fight in the cafeteria. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Did you get in trouble? Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, it was a water fight. That's what it was. It wasn't uh, a food fight. So it wasn't as messy. Yeah. Um, Just wet. But I, I went in there knowing. I'm like, I know I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to do it. Our whole dorm section had talked about it. And we had like... We literally had pitchers of water lined up on each <laughs> table just so everyone... Just so everyone could like, you know, join in. Yeah. But it was pretty fun. I think we're the only ones that did it because no one else wanted to get in trouble. Probably. Or get wet. <laughs> or get wet. And go sure. sit through class all wet. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. So what are we talking about? Yeah. Chapter chapter eight. How to stimulate creativity. Hey, yes. we just talked about creativity. That was creative, wasn't yeah. it? I think we're done. Okay. No, this is actually a pretty good chapter. Is it? I was, Yeah. For the record... I hope I didn't sound too negative on the on the last episode. You did. Oh, thanks. You're um, welcome. <laughs> yeah. For the record, no, I, I, I think it's a great book. It's just, you know, last chapter, chapter seven, wasn't one of my favorite chapters. I thought it was just a bit stretched and a little unnecessary. You know what? If you liked every single word of every book, I'd, I'd probably have a problem with that. There we go. So. Good deal. Yeah. So... I do have to say the idea of this coming chapter is a great idea. I felt a little unfulfilled, though. Did you? Yeah. You're like, I was expecting more. Well, yeah, I mean, like, if you do, because the, the chapter is how to stimulate creativity. Right. So, like, so, you know, if that's the thing that I'm thinking about, and then they get right into 12 Keys to Unlock Writer's Blog, and they talk about some, and... and oh, I thought and, that was good, though. Well, it's good. I'm not going to say it's not good. But um, but then what, the 12 resources or something like that, 12 tools. Like when I was thinking of like of unlocking creativity, I was thinking like they're going to have like some really cool exercises for you to do. And like, okay, so so sit down in, in a room like facing like a way that you never face and, and take out a piece of paper and turn it upside down and use a, a pen that's a different color than you normally would use. Well, see, use. it sounds, like, it sounds like, like you already got this thing figured out, man. You, so I'm like, you know, so I'm yeah. like, so I'm, that's what I was expecting. And it's like, okay, get out your thesaurus. 
All right. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, pay no attention so. to David because, um, you know what, I think this was a good chapter. And you know what, David, if you want to get out a piece of a pink paper and write with a red pen and face east, <laughs> you know, face east while the sun is setting. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my choice. That, yeah, that's your choice. Okay. No. Um, so I will say, you know, for for at least for me, um, for a guy like me who doesn't feel terribly creative all the time, I, I think probably creativity is perhaps one of my um, uh, lesser points, if you will. See, I think you're wrong. Ooh, well, you I think must, you're a very creative person. Wow, well, you must know me better than I do because I don't think I'm that creative. Um, See, I think we're all creative in different ways, but we just. Yeah, we we don't. I don't think we tap into our creativity enough anymore as adults. Perhaps, like you know, think of, you know when you were a kid and the imagination that you uh, had. Like the world was your toy box. Yeah, right? I mean, like you know, imaginary this and that, and like you know, you could do anything and play anything and you know, be anything. And it, it is fun watching you know my daughter who's almost three and uh, she just loves you know playing pretend and mm-hmm. and we you know. We, we have all these little pretend games we play, um, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I will say for me this chapter was good because it was practical. I, I think it gave me some practical things that sometimes I forget. So let's dive into it. Uh, pay no attention to David's cynicism. Um, that just comes natural to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm change. No, we, um, uh, we start off this chapter... He gives us kind of 12, uh, what are you saying over there? <laughs> he gives us... I'm just whispering into the microphone okay. so he, people can hear me, but you can't. I know. All right. Speak up. <laughs> um, so so 12, kind of 12 um, ideas, 12 uh, uh, techniques to unlocking writer's block, you know, um, which for me was really helpful because I have those times where I'm like, I don't know. You know, you're stuck. And I guess I could, you know, get out my red pen and face east and turn the paper over in a diagonal uh, shape. Um, but these to me were practical. Uh, so let's start off. Oh, but before you got it, before you get oh, into it. Oh, oh, uh, You know, the little gray box in the bottom of the page talks about Paul's favorite way to write is to walk around the room and begin singing out scripture passages, lines from his journal or singing his prayers. Yes. Like, everything I read about Paul in this book and like everything I read about Paul, like it makes me like, well, it makes me feel inferior as a human being <laughs> and a, and a Christ follower. But at the same time, it makes me, makes me want to like, I want to hear a story about something like human <laughs> that he does. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like if he farts or something, you know, <laughs> something along those lines, like, come on, is Paul a real person or is he like, like so, the so, incarnation of the Apostle Paul or something. No, like, I, I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Um, so I went to a conference last summer, um, the Integrity Worship Conference, and him and Brian Dirksen, Catherine Scott, they were kind of some of the, the big the big speakers. And, and Paul actually talked about this idea. Um, but you know what? He was very human when he when he talked about okay. it. Um, and, and you say so. He, no, he was actually encouraging us, you know, as, as worship leaders and worship ministers, to to encourage those we work with to do the same thing. And, and he's like, you know, for some of you, this might be kind of a radical idea, and this might be hard for some of your teams. Um, he's like, but I would just say, you know, start off on a on a you know on like a Thursday evening. 
uh, have a time of worship with your team and just I- invite them, encourage them to start singing, you know, singing scripture or, or, you know, taking, taking a couple chords, like a one and a four and, and, uh, just, just going through the Psalms. And, you know, when he shared it, it didn't sound like hokey or super spiritual, like being there at the conference, I'm like, wow, man, that, that's kind of a cool idea. We haven't done it. Um, but all that to say, it, it, it came across very human. So, okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> you can hop right back in now. So 12, so 12 ideas to avoiding, um, or unlocking writer's block. Um, he talks about, uh, to, to, uh, to start off by, by doing chord changes, uh, find a collection of good songs. Look for unusual chord changes. It might kind of help spark an idea. And I'll admit, I've done this with Coldplay before mm-hmm. um, because I really respect them as yes. as a band and as musicians. And I'll I'll listen to their music and be like, "Whoa, what are what are they doing there? Like, it's very simple, mm-hmm. but it's so cool. Yeah, like just little really simple chord changes, kind of going outside the key." And, and um, I, I've actually been inspired by some of these chord changes and using a few of these changes to to help spark an idea for a song I've written. Yeah, well, it's cool because they'll like they'll they'll do like a like they'll be playing in a minor key, but he'll pull like a secondary dominant out of the relative major key yeah, and throw it in there, and you're like, wild. Oh, where'd that come from? How did he get there? And then it's like, once you you, know, you have to do all these things to figure yeah. out how he got there. It's like, but it sounds really cool. It does sound cool. So, yes, chord changes. Chord changes. He talks about uh, rhythm patterns. Um, there you go. Lots of today's music, including modern worship songs, incorporate drum machines in their creation. Uh, this modern tool can inspire you with subtle rhythmic influences you might not have thought of. I didn't think that was that great of an idea, um, but I, I like rhythm and I like I like beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his thing is like you know get get maybe uh, you know those old Casio keyboards that have like the sixteen mm-hmm. you know there's like the samba beat yeah. and like the disco beat yep. and the um, you know and and uh, you know I think his idea is is maybe maybe put in a beat. Uh, change the tempo. Maybe that will help kind of give you a new direction. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's worth trying. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're trying, I think that that idea, you know, using some kind of beat machine or like, you know, if you have GarageBand using some of the loops that are built in, you know, if, you, if you're trying to write a fast song and you have like, if you're a piano player, piano players have a hard time writing fast songs. At least that's what I've found. It's tricky. I have a hard time. I You know, I think we've talked about that. I've talked yeah. to other piano players the, the fast songs are the harder ones to write on piano. Well, and it, right, and, and they seem to be so much more suited for guitar, right? Because right? all the guitars like, yeah, that's because guitars are much more of a rhythm instrument than it is percussive or you. Yes. So anyway, um, but if you're trying to write a fast song, find a fast beat and play along with it, and come up with something that way instead of just trying to come up with your own fast thing. I think that's helpful. Yeah. So. Uh, so the third one here, um, which I think is great, and mm-hmm. I know we we've already talked about this a number of times, but uh, trying another key, and and I I know I've shared about how man some songs are just made for certain keys, and uh, they just don't sound good in other keys. And Paul's point here is, you know, you if you get used to writing in one certain key, you're always going to sing in that range. Sometimes by 
taking it to another key. It will force you to maybe write a melody that's a little bit lower or a little bit higher to help accommodate this new key. So um, just by doing that, you can help change the melodic composition right. of a song. Yeah. So instead, you know, so instead of singing, you know, going up, you know, from the root, like if you're in the key of G, going up from the root of the chord to the fifth, or root of the key to the fifth of the key, you know, from just go from G to E and using that as your as your range, you know, and just going up and down that that little five tone scale. If you switch to the key of D, right, all of a sudden you're then all of a sudden you're just like, well, okay, you can you can still go from you can still use from G to D, but you could also you could also use from D up to G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or D up to A, and you know you can like and you, then you got a it, different. Or if you could use kind of the same kind of melody uh, melody flow that you use in the key of G, but do that in the key of D, then it's going to sound completely different. That makes sense. So if you're going like you know you know G two three four five four four two one, mm-hmm. but if you do that in the key of D, then you're going from four. So you're like you're in the key of D, but you're starting on four, and it's like you're already four, on four, five, six, seven, eight. Six, you know, and then but it sounds it's gonna sound completely different. It gives in the key you a different D. palette, yeah, a so. different palette with which to draw your beautiful compositions. Yes, yes, yes. Another key, so we can't conquer that one. Writing acapella. Have you ever written acapella? I'm trying to think. Um, so normally when I write songs, I actually, oftentimes I start with the the music, mm-hmm. and then I write words to the music, which is kind of the opposite of what Paul does. Yeah. Um, it says here that Paul writes 90% of his songs without an instrument. It takes me to places I would never go with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't tried a whole lot of that. Just, just kind of. I, I guess sometimes I'll kind of like hum a melody in my head, and that might that might start like to take the shape of of an intro or a hook or something. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't done a lot of that. I haven't done a lot of it either. I always I pretty much start the same way, but I have done it a couple times, and it, they do end up with a different. They do end up different than the songs that I write, starting with piano. So. It could be a good discipline, I think, to develop, to break yourself out of maybe the mold. Sure, trying something a little yeah. different. Yeah. Speaking of molds, let's try another one. Oh, wait, I mean another mode. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Not mold, but mode. Yeah. How long has it been since you fished? <laughs> wow, David. Sorry. Um, so what David's trying to say is uh, <laughs> uh, different different modes. Um Trying, trying things in uh, maybe a minor key. You know, how long has it been since you wrote a song in a minor key? Um, it's a good question. Or so, what cracks me up is, is uh, he says, uh, "Try a different mode." Mm-hmm. Um, man, how many people actually re- like know or do the modes? You know, Dorian, Phrygian, yeah. Lydian, Mixolydian, Aeolian, Locrian. Like, uh, well, yeah, like a lot of the, a lot of it, like the standards are written in a mode of some kind. Right. Like Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> um, Frank, Frankie, Frank Sinatra. Frankie. Fly me to the moon. Okay, so it's got the key signature of C. Yeah, but... But it's not. Let's see, I, gotta, I was looking at it earlier today. I think it's an A minor. It might be an A minor, but it might be an... Um, what's the... Two mode, Phrygian. 
No, Dorian. Is it Dorian? Yeah. Because Ionian is root. Dorian. Yeah, so it might be in Dorian. I can't tell. Yeah. Aeolian is the minor one. Uh, But, uh, sorry, (laughs) all I'm trying to say is, um, you know, man, when's the last time you heard a worship song written in like... uh, Revelation song. Uh, well, okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> well, um, but that, but you know, we talked about that a while ago. We did, right? How that, how it felt so new and different, right? Because it was written in a mode, and not in just a standard key, right? It wasn't just, it wasn't just an Ionian scale. It was like, well, yeah, because that one, I mean, you start D with your, it's written in the key signature D, but then it goes to the minor fifth, A mm-hmm. minor, then it goes to the dominant seven, C. And then it resolves to the well, D. Why don't they just write that in the with the key signature of G and make writing out everything a lot simpler? Well, it would make more sense. Because that's sure. really what it is. Yeah. Because, right, it's in G, which is your A minor, your mm-hmm. C, and your D. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they always call it key of D, don't they? They do. So that would be a... Would that be Locrian? No. Mixolydian? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't really care what they're called. Oh come on! You you love the modes. I know. I know that you used to do your music theory and you'd have your tests and come on. I did. I love music theory. I like music theory too. I could never remember modes though. I can't remember. I their like names. modes. It made me feel. It made me feel smart. You know, because uh, I I just you know you, you gotta love talking with musicians and you're like, yeah. So when I was in the Mixolydian mode of. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Experimenting with scale tones. Just try starting on a different note of the scale. Pretty simple. Uh, number seven, which is kind of what we talked about last episode. Uh, matching your chords to your lyrics. Very, um, very much what we already talked about. Listen to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no, th- this is kind of the idea of um, uh, of what what's your text what what's the message of your song indicating no. and kind of writing to that you know like you were using the example of um in the secret last last week uh you're talking about the song in the secret and sonic floods version of it uh which was not which was not quiet or still or anything right. like the song talks about um so sometimes matching your words with your text or text with your melt so whatever yeah we you, get you you got me yeah, I think number eight has a problem though. Here we go. It's it's you can't detune a piano. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, you can't put a piano in drop D uh, or dad gad or something like that. You know, it's like, come on, give me something useful for piano. But you can play in drop D. You just gotta play uh, just an open D chord, <laughs> just a D A D. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So number eight is a uh, detune your guitar. So Scott Olson, who we've had on our show. And uh, amazing guitar player. Scott is uh, a master at, at weird alternate tunings. And he's just done some crazy, crazy tunings. Um, I'm not a guitar player, so I don't necessarily... But I remember one song he, he wrote. Uh, it was like... It was like... Uh, what was it? D, A... And then instead of... Um, Instead of another D, he like tuned it up to E. I don't know. It was weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, I. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. But yeah, so detune your guitar. 
Play along with the recording. Is this cheating? Sometimes. Of course not. As long as you don't actually steal anything. Yeah, but... I mean, I've, I've done it. You know, I've done it and I've taken a song and I've reworked it and stuff like that. I just... I, I don't feel as fulfilled at the end of the process. Maybe, but... You seen the, have you seen the movie Finding Forrester with the Sean Connery? Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago, though. Uh, I don't remember anything about it. It's about that uh, this, this uh, writer, right. uh, Jamal, and uh, he had writer's block. And so Sean Connery pulled out one of his uh, pieces that he had written and, and basically made Jamal start typing it. And uh, and that was that was kind of the beginning of uh, of, a, of a piece that Jamal wrote. But he used like the first three or four sentences, and anyway, it ended up becoming this big scandal. That's kind of you know how the movie, yeah, goes. But but I I think sometimes there's something to be said about you know getting inspiration. That one one of the songs that we do all the time. I shouldn't say all the time, but we we've done uh, a number of times at at Laurelwood. A song I wrote um, is is largely based on Chris Thomas' song awesome is lord because i was playing that song and and i was playing like the little intro you know i had it in in the key of e and, and i'm like oh man you know it'd be cool if if we sang this and, and so i kept the same chords uh and and then a new song was born out of chris tomlin's song awesome mm-hmm. is lord just because i was i was playing along with it so it can work yeah Oh, I'm not saying it can't work. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I also, know. You can come up with a good song, but I just, you know, the times Un- that I've done it, unfulfilled. I haven't walked away feeling like you know something that I had actually you know really created. It was like kind of borrowed parts <laughs> of it, and you know what I mean. I, I hear you, and you know what? I think we've talked about how uh, we both have had that experience where we we thought we came up with something creative, only mm-hmm. to find out that it it was like um, something we've heard before and just forgot right. or whatever i hate that it is very frustrating you're like oh, okay well apparently i can't come up with original ideas so yeah that that yeah. can be unfulfilling remember though in all these attempts don't create a mechanical melody of course not yes number 10 take a break mm. which is a good idea it's always a good idea like that episode of the office <laughs> which one where they're talking about taking a break like take a break from using the computer every fifteen minutes. Oh, that's right. The uh, safety training, <laughs> safety training. And then take a, you five, know, take another break four. to stand up and walk around uh, every fifteen minutes. Yeah. And Mike was like, "Well, that's a lot of wasted time. It's like a half an hour every hour." <laughs> Daryl, do them take at the them same at the same time. time. <laughs> so take a break, relax. Which, number eleven kind of goes along with yes. that. Sleep on it. Take, take a, a break. longer break. Take a long break. Sleep on Go it. Go to sleep. Sometimes that can be, I mean, have you had this where you, man, you know, you're like, forget it. I'm too tired or I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And then like you wake up and the next day it's like this fresh idea. Boom. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Well, I, and yeah, I've even had a couple of dreams with songs in them <sighs> like that I'd written. The problem is like with those, like 
they're impossible to capture. Like, <laughs> like one of them was like, it, it sounded so cool in my dream. And then you wake up, you're like, what was that? Yeah, and I'm, I was trying what to remember it? it, and I was trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what it was, and I didn't have anywhere to go at home to record what I thought it was. And by the time I got here, it was gone. So, wow. But anyway, sleep on it. But I like the I like the idea, and I haven't tried it yet. Um. Uh, what does it say? There's. There's a stage at the edge of sleeps coming coming or going during which our creativity is said to be at its highest. Just before you go to sleep, run over in your mind a song you're working on, and when you wake up, check it again and see if anything new has developed. I like that idea, you know, of of going to you know, of like of trying to, you know, think about the song you're working on as you're falling to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then seeing like if your brain will work on it overnight, you know, <laughs> kinda like stew on it and then wake up and see if you have any new ideas about sure, it. Sure, yeah. It's an interesting idea. If it, if it works. And number 12, which perhaps is the most important, it's maybe you should have been, been number, number one. one. Um, <laughs> pray about it, right? Yeah. Wow. It's like, hey, if we're if we're going to be writing a song that hopefully will be an anthem for our church body, um, uh, a song that will minister to our church, I, I think maybe, maybe we should pray about it. Maybe. Might be a good idea. Yeah, maybe. But uh, hey, if it's not about God, then just forget about it. Don't pray. <laughs> you don't need to pray. All right. All right. Well, so we're out of time, so we are. We're way out of time. We are. So hey, that's it. We'll pick up here next time. On page one seventy-two. Twelve tools to make your job easier. Which is preceded by one of my uh, one of my favorite Paul Balash songs. Um, uh, this was one of the first songs I ever heard written by him. Obviously, um, opened the eyes of my heart. Um, but this, this was the first song, Praise Adonai. Uh, I love the song, by the way. Just FYI. Lots of people do. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found anyone that doesn't like the song, actually. And it's in a minor key. It is. Yeah. So there, there you go. go. Changing the modes. Yep. All right. All right. This has been another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst. You can find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can also <laughs> send us an email to David at Worship Ministry Catalyst or... Uh, Kevin, sorry, I'm laughing at David. <laughs> David's being funny. People laugh at me all the time. Oh, you, you crack me up. Uh, Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And as always, you can join the conversation by joining our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.